only saw Rocky once. Dude, I gotta piss. Hold on. Gonna buy five copies for my mother. <laughs> okay, so Rocky. All I remember from San Antonio is Stinky Pete and Wenzel. Rock. I never saw Rocky. I only saw him once. But there was a there was a time. I don't remember if you were here yet or you were on the company yet. But a bunch of us got um, transferred to Austin to work, and we were all like, "We're gonna meet up at work uh, downtown at six thirty, and then we're all gonna drive. We're just gonna like do a." We, mind a you, we, we worked right across the street from the headquarters of the Texas of the fucking. Was the, what's the Texas? What's the state police of Texas? Texas Rangers. State police. What do they call it? DPS. Oh, I guess. Remember, we worked right across from the headquarters of that in Austin. And people would still know. fucking break into our cars. Um, no, I remember we all met up. And we were all standing around. Like, I was seeing people I'd never met before. And I saw this dude with a long, white beard. And, and I was like, is that Rocky? And they're like, yeah, that's Rocky. And they were like, hey, when we're in, the, when we're in our little convoy, like, don't, don't get behind him or anything. <laughs> So we take off, we're driving to Austin. 6.30 in the morning, dude, we're driving to Austin. And like we're taking turns, like somebody goes to the front. Oh, yeah, I wasn't there that time. This is from, you were driving from San Antonio to Austin? Yeah, there was a bunch of us. We were all in our own cars. And I'm driving, and I see a car pull out from behind me and start coming up alongside, and I look, and it's Rocky. And Rocky's got a fucking big bottle of Jack Daniels, and he's just chugging it. And I was like, damn, it's 7 in the morning. <laughs> These were some fucking crazy people, dude. What was the guy in Austin where he would stand on the top of the ladder like he would like like no safety whatsoever? Dudley. Dudley. Richard Dudley. And that's the one where dude, those dudes are all dead. Like they nobody knew, like now. nobody knew where he was at one time because he fucking flipped his car because he had a diabetic, or was he drunk? Uh, no, he didn't drink. I remember I worked with him one time. Well, what happened to him? Because he used to stay in the what, did, what was the hotel we used to tell you? He used to, he used to stay in the flea bag hotel. Oh yeah, he would always get the cheapest hotel. Just so he could get extra money. <laughs> uh, no, I worked with him Dude, one time. I was just thinking that. Like, half of the people that we worked with are all dead. Rick's dead. Lee's dead. Yep. I remember I was working with him, and he was on the top of the ladder with one foot. <laughs> he, was, he only had one foot on the ladder, and he was, like, balancing himself, like, re- way reaching out of his reach, trying to, like, pull a cable. And I was like, uh, Richard, you want me to move the ladder? He's like, no, I got it. I got it. And he almost like fell. The ladder rocked, and I had to grab it. He got the cable and pulled it back. He's like, "See, I got it." <laughs> and I was like, "Bro, if I wasn't here, you'd be dead." Fuck, those were the days, man. Well, we used to work ten at night to six in the morning. I would go. I would go to sleep when I got Rolling home. Stone. Remember that time you and it was you, fucking Marcus, and fucking uh, what's his name? What's his name? Who? Dan. Dan, you, Marcus, and Dan, I went home, went to sleep, and y'all went to that. Because there, I, I wonder if there's still bars like that. There was bars that open at 7 o'clock in the morning. Cobalt Club. It does? Yep. But what was that bar? It was there in Austin. Oh, oh in Austin? Yeah, remember that place? Y'all decided one day, like, no, y'all were going to go to the bar. That wasn't me. Yes, it was you, Dan, and Marcus, and y'all motherfuckers were calling me, like, every hour on the hour. <laughs> hey, what are you doing? I was like, let me go to sleep, you assholes. <laughs> Uh, damn, I don't remember that. But on a regular day, I would go home at six. I would like lay down, watch watch the news, and then I would fall asleep. And then I would wake up like a six, seven, eight, nine, ten. It wasn't me. 10, it 11, was Ramon. 12, one, two. I would wake up like at two o'clock or maybe one o'clock, and I would just fucking like we didn't have to be at work till ten. 
So I would just go downtown Austin and hit up all the record stores, hit up fucking Tower Records, hit up Best Buy. I think that was me. I think that was, was no, Ramon. Went with, no, you went with that. You went. Ramon was never in Austin. Yeah, he was. I, not that I remember. I feel bad I now because there I don't was. I remember that, going out to any bars at, at like early. It was y'all didn't do it all the time, but y'all decided to do it one time, or maybe it was. It might have just been Dan and and uh, Marcus. and Marcus, and then that one that one time where they woke him up. What was the guy we used to call Millhouse? What was his name? Ernie. We used to call him Millhouse. No, he worked there in Austin with uh, fucking. Oh. Herbie Ties. Do you remember him? He Herbie. had black glasses. Herbie didn't work in Austin. He worked in no, San Antonio. No, but he worked in San Antonio. No, I mean, he worked in San Antonio. He used to go up there. We Who used did? to call him Mills House. No, he was a white guy with black hair. We used to call him Mill House. He CD? Was old, yes. CD. CD's nuts. They had, to wake his, they had to wake up Marcus and Dan that time because they cut that fucking wire for Southwest Airlines. Oh. No, okay. I wasn't working with y'all. Yeah, I know. I was in the same hotel, but I was working nights. Lee and I were working nights. I always work nice. I never. Oh wait, no. I was, Lee and I work in days. <laughs> That's when I got the sexual harassment charge. <laughs> From who? <laughs> oh, we gotta hear this. No, it was. Uh, we were working on the five E switch downtown, the capital. <laughs> and there was a Hispanic lady that I would always see, and I would tell her like, "Hey, good morning." Never talked to me. Um. And you know, we were always working on the five E switch, and I'd see her around us. And one day I got a call from our in charge and he was like, I was already home and he was like, do I need to talk to you? And I was like, what's wrong? And he was like, somebody made a sexual harassment charge <laughs> against you. And I was like, it's not funny, but it is funny. But I was like, who? I work with a bunch of dudes. And he was like, no, it was the lady from the AT&T side. I like, and I was like, what? I don't know anybody from the AT&T side. And he was like, it's that lady, Susan. And I was like, I, I only tell her good morning. And he said, apparently she overheard, she was working on the switch and she overheard some men talking about, um, the way they put it, the way they, the way they told me is they said that she overheard somebody talking about the wares that you can buy in, in Boys Town. <laughs> that wasn't you. And at that time I was like, I've never even been to Boys Town. And I was like, and I haven't even talked to anybody about it. And my in charge was like, dude, I told my boss too, like, I've never heard you say anything about it. And he's like, and I don't remember her ever working around us. And he goes, and I said, she said my name? How does she know my name? He goes, no, she didn't say your name. She said it was a tall Hispanic guy with, like, dark glasses. And they were like, the only one that everyone could think of is you. <laughs> oh, my God. So I was like, are you fucking for And the next day, every installer, we were having a, a dinner, like, a, oh, not a dinner. We were having a breakfast at Shoney's with all of our in-chargers to have a meeting. And he's like, my boss wants to talk to you then. And I was like, dude, this is fucking bullshit, dude. This is, I didn't fucking, he's like, I know, dude, I've told them. So I was like, all right. So I remember we, we went we went to Shoney's and I was just I was looking at his boss the entire time like, fuck dude, what am I gonna say? And then after the after the meeting was over, he's like, I need to talk to you. And oh, and on top of that, my boss was like, my in charge was like, you can't you can't act like you know, dude. No, oh my god. <laughs> Bro, I'm, I'm already pissed. I'm pissed. So like I go there and he's like, I need to talk to you. And I was like, sure. What's going on? And he told me what happened. I was like, dude, I've never even been to Boys Town. And he's like, and he's like, well, you know, and I was like, well, dude, I'm mad now. I'm fucking pissed. And he was like, well, I know. I think just the best thing for us to do right now is just to get you out of that location and put you on another job. And I was like, Ugh. I never went back to the Capitol building again. 
they had me working on co-locates out on uh what is it b caves you never told me that i thought you just left no they moved me to b caves that's the middle of fucking nowhere you know how come you never told me that i don't remember you telling me anything about that I remember I told well, I mean Lee was Lee was staying with me because Oh, it's because you were working during the day. Yeah, it was me and Lee. Lee and I were working during the day. Uh-huh. Um and then they sent both of us to Spicewood Springs to work out there. <laughs> and then we got into it with the in charge out there and Lee wanted to like stab him. <laughs> and then we got then they ended up sending me, Marcus Ramon, to Houston. And then we got into it with their people out there, and like they, we were ready to. They're fight. fucking useless over there. We were ready to fight them, and they were like, "Dude, you just fucking throw the first swing, dude. Just throw the first swing, and we got you." And that was all, bro. There's like 30, 30 of them, and they're like unionized. <laughs> yeah. Rather we're the same union. Ah, fuck them though. Fuck those dudes. They laid me. They laid us off. Herbie's dead. Rick's dead. Lee's dead. Lee's dead. Pete's got to be dead. Did you go to his uh, his uh, rose or anything? No, I didn't find out till like after he was a buried. year later. How much older was he within us? I remember at the time he was thirty-two. Wow. I was twenty-three in two thousand. Um. So he's like ten years older, 12, 10, 12 years older than us. Yeah. Yeah, he was about 10 or 12 years older. Fuck, right now he'd be like fucking almost 60 years old. No. <laughs> no, he would not. I'm 45. Yeah, he'd be 55, Mark. <laughs> almost 60. 12 years. Uh, 50, no, I, 55. 50, I saw 57. Him. I don't remember if he told you all the problems he was having with his, his, his crazy baby mama. How many baby mamas did he have? One. No, he never told me. Um, well, I mean, he had his wife, but then he had his first kid mm-hmm. before her. And the mom was crazy, like crazy. He used to tell me stories. And he was like, I'm trying to get a hold of him. I'm trying to get my custody of my son. And then I ran into him at the uh, Blockbuster Music on um, Evers and 410. Dude, it seems like so long Because he lived, like, he lived like ago. right behind there, like a couple blocks behind there. Oh, where? Evers and 410, where Clicks is. Clicks oh, Billy, just yeah. Speak. Is that? Um, oh no, it's a CD exchange there now. I went in. I was in. I was there, and I had something in my hand, and I felt. I felt like it was getting pulled out of my hand, and I turned around and I saw a guy was there pulling the CD out of my hand, and like I was like, <laughs> be like "What the somebody? fuck?" And I, he turned around. It was Lee, and I was like, "Oh, dude." He's like, "Hey, I'm just fucking with you, dude." And he talked to me, and he's like, "This is my son," and his son was like 13, and I was like, "Oh shit, this is your son." He's like, yeah, dude, I finally got custody. And I was like, that's dope. And he goes, but he likes the shitty-ass music. And his son looked like he wanted to cry. (laughs) (laughs) What is he listening to? I think it was like Ludacris or something. Like, it's seriously the Ludacris CD he had, I think. Lee was a... But I was like, Lee, come on, bro. That's your son. Leave him alone. He, he, Lee was a San Antonio, like, underground guy, right? Like 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 a a San Antonio stalwart. Echo and the Bunny Man and... Just old metal and old new old eighties new wave, <laughs> and he was a party. He went to my high school too. He was an old party dude. And then there was Rick, <sighs> with his green four Taurus with the Eterno on the back. Dude, I, I don't know. Lee seemed a little more crazier than Rick. 
Well, I mean, are we gonna had, ta- we're going to talk about those, the story, right? We're going to talk about the story that Lee everybody said about a, him. Do you remember Lee had all those scars? No. Remember he had that scar under his... Under you his, roommated with him. I didn't see any of his scars. He had a scar under his bottom lip. And he got into a... He told me he got into a strap. And um, somebody got a broken bottle. <laughs> That's a word I haven't heard in a long time. Some broke a bottle over That is a face. word that describes a fight that I have not heard in a <laughs> long time. Uh, somebody broke his broke a bottle on his face and his lips split open to where his tongue was hanging out. <laughs> you remember? And then he had he had those big old scars. I remember across, that. He had scars across his neck. I don't remember and those. He had scars on his on all over his arms from when he busted through a window. <laughs> yeah, and then I met somebody a girl that knew him from back then and she's like, That dude was out of control. He went to Holmes? Yeah. Yeah, she was like, That dude was out of control back then. Like Well, like, what's the one story? How I don't even know how this story even came up or who even talked about it? Do you remember the story? No. Where he was at a party and he was lying down. Uh, <laughs> yes. Like how did we even how did the story even come up? I think he was telling Rick or Ruben. He was at so the story goes, he was at a party. He I don't pa- know. He, was passed, he out. passed out somehow or he re- he was resting in a room. Somebody came in and started giving him a blow job. And when he looked down, it was the only gay guy in the whole place, apparently, or something like that. And then like and he was like, Fuck it, just finish. And then like people from the party came in. And they were like, Lee, you're out of control. And he was like, I don't fucking care. <laughs> He's like, you started, finish it. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember Lee used to tell me like. Who told me that? Did you tell me that? I think I did. But I remember Lee. I want to say Lee told Rick and Ruben. Because I, I almost remember like there was more details <clears throat> about the guy where he thought it, almost thought it was a girl because the guy had long hair. And uh, then when he really looked at it, it was a guy, a real feminine guy with long hair. I, I remember, I remember we were sitting around, and he either told Rick or Ruben that. Why would you tell somebody that? He didn't give a fuck. What we used to, and we, I remember, I remember used to make fun of him. Told, what we used he to told. make fun of him. What we, what we used to tell him about his eyes. He used to make Ooh. fun of him. Lee. Oh, I used to call him Ojitos. Because <laughs> he was always like, "Yeah, my green eyes." Like, fuck up a bunch of your eyes. <laughs> And I was like, they'd be like, who are you working with? I'm over here with Ojitos. <laughs> and they were like, who's Ojitos? And I was like, Lee. And we just die laughing. And he's like, why the fuck are you calling me Ojitos? And I was like, because you're fucking green eyes. You won't shut up about it. <laughs> and then he was, yeah, he used to tell me. He used to get mad because he was like, yeah, I'm part gypsy. <laughs> what and the was, fuck does that even and I was mean? Like, yeah, I'm part doctor. <laughs> he's like, what the fuck does that mean? And he's like, isn't gypsy like a job? Like... <laughs> How are you playing Gypsy? I'm part fucking construction worker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm you know, part Gypsy. Get the fuck out of here. You know, I would like when we go and he'd beat a girl, he'd be like, "Yeah, like we talk to him for." He's like, "Yeah, I'm part Gypsy," and I just make up an occupation. I'm not make up an occupation. I just grab one and be like, "Yeah, I'm part fucking tortilla maker." <laughs> I'm part. I'm part, I'm part tamalero. <laughs> I'm part hobo. <laughs> And he'd be like, quit fucking saying that. And I was like, stop saying you're part gypsy. I'm part street vendor. <laughs> ah, good times. Fuck, man. Mm-mm. That was a lifetime ago. When did we, when did, I can't even remember when I got laid off from Lucent. Was it two, 2001? Uh, so it was after 9-11. Did you get laid off with me? No. I think there was there was a first round. I was I at got, I got the second round. I was at a place on Hebner. Yeah, because it was all the newest guys first. 
Oh, okay, okay. So I was on Hebner with both Marks. Remember Mark? What are they called? Alvarado and Sandoval. Yeah. And they came in. Who was I think it was Jose that came in. Oh, fuck that dude. And he gave me an envelope. I can't remember if he gave Mark, a, a which Mark, one of them. He gave uh, one of them an envelope. He wouldn't have. Well, they were, Sandoval was hired with me. Alvarado was hired before me. So he had to did, he had to have given it because it was two of us. Um, I just remember when me, Dan, Terry. Well, Terry got hired on with you. Didn't Terry, he? really? Didn't he get hired on with you? Larry Terry? No, Terry Guerin, the white guy. That smelled, the like, a, call, smelled like a blooming onion. The one used to call it tree trunk? No. The one that smelled, he smelled I like an onion. I remember that Terry. Well, I remember after me, Dan, Dan ha- used to make fun of him. Remember, so they used to bad. hire a bunch of guys. Remember, there was like one one guy with the no neck, and he's like, "Just call me drunk." I remember that. Now, I remember Terry. Terry Dan used to make fun of Terry so bad. He was so nice, and he he talked like this, like Kermit the Frog. <laughs> I don't really. I, I don't remember but Ernie. Where was Ernie? Remember, what happened to Ernie? I don't know. I just remember Ter- Dan would get Terry so mad that Terry threw a ladder at me one time. At you? Why you? Because I was laughing. <laughs> um, like he, I don't up, we, were in, we were in the battery room, and Terry chunked the ladder at me, and it missed me, and it hit the window. I remember that guy. And then Rick went off at him, like yelling at him, and he was all, are you fucking crazy? You can make these batteries explode, and we're all dead, and blah, blah, blah. That was in San Antonio? Yeah. And then Rick pulled me and Dan aside. He's like, hey, dude, y'all need fucking chill, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Dan was oh, all, I forgot. Remember, they sent us all over there on Randolph, right? After, yeah. Towards the end. No, we were at uh, we were at the warehouse on Walsham. There's a Sonic. Yeah. It was behind Sonic. There's warehouses back there. We were there. I was we there on fucking fucking Randolph Brooks. We were just sitting there. We were just doing nothing, and we were like, "Dude, they're gonna fu- they're gonna lay us off any day now." Do you 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 never remember that office? Yeah, but I, I we weren't there. Who is that guy? Remember now? I remember there was a guy. They put him in the back. So apparently, he worked it before. So even though he came in after me, they bridged his time. So he had wound up having more time than me. And they put him in the warehouse. He was kind of like the guy that would give everybody their tools. Yeah, they call him a hanker for a hunk of cheese because yeah. he was real skinny and he wore cowboy boots. And yeah, ropers. I don't remember, I remember being there with Jose. He's the one that taught me the job. And now he taught you the job. Yeah, he had glasses and he was bald. No, 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 no. This is a guy that was way after everybody, and they bridged his time. And, they, and he, he wound up staying there before anybody. Uh, we should roll it up. Wrap it up. Roll it up. <laughs> We're back. Uh, Anyways, that was our life. At oh, look at that car. Oh, sorry. That was our life at Lucent. Oh, jeez. Our Lucent life. Anyways, this is just a welcome back podcast. We've yeah. been gone. Next one will be a little bit more focused. <laughs> yeah, we haven't been hanging out either much because COVID. COVID. <sighs> but um, I think some of our other friends that recorded podcasts have kind of just stopped. Who? Oh, uh, yeah. My friend Jim. Um, Crashing Open Minded? Martinez. Crashing Open Minded. Oh, they haven't done one either. Never done it in a long time. Well, maybe I don't know. Let me check their Instagram. What what friend? Jim Martinez. He does another one. Um, This year for sure, we need to get your brother on the podcast. Uh, He's dude. He's dude. He's down. He's uh. He's already had COVID. (laughs) Like me. 
When did he get it? Uh, in the past month. But he was vaxxed and boosted. And Jesus. How do you think he got it? Where he works. Tuesday morning? Yep. All those fucking crazy white ladies not getting vaccinated. Yeah, and he, I mean, it's Austin, so like he tells me stories about. Where is that Tuesday morning in Austin that he works at? South. But where? Like a slaughter? Really I don't really know. Um, uh, yeah, he'll be down. He'll, uh, he still listens to our podcast. I mean, not regularly, but we like, should go up there. <laughs> we should go up there and record it there. <clears throat> uh, yeah. I know, um, so those of you who don't know about my life, I had a, I had a dinner last year with my brother and sister. My we brother my brother and sisters, which are my half-brother and half-sisters. I'm going to have to break this up into two episodes. And then, um, <laughs> oh, no, I'll just say it real quick. And then um, it was good. It was cool. But then now my cousins from my dad's side want to meet us. Oh, you haven't met them yet? No, it's supposed to be sometime this month. So, long story short, I haven't talked to my dad since last century. <laughs> um, and apparently, all my half brothers and half sisters, my half brother and half sisters, and my cousins still talk to that dude. You haven't talked to your dad in almost 40 years. It was 85 or 86, somewhere around there. Almost 40 years. So, hey, not my choice. So yeah, I may have to have. We're gonna have a, a lunch with my cousins from my dad's side. I don't know your dad, but I love you. So fuck <sighs> your dad. Yeah, he's there. But, um, I don't, yeah, I don't. I don't uh, just. Do you think subconsciously you've done all this so you can see your dad for at least once? Not see him, but know where he's at. Just now, know where now he's I at? Do, now I do know where he's at. But you told me, like, you got a call from that place, right? Well, I got a call from the, around that area. And there's no there's no any, nowhere person that would have ever called you from there. Other than my, my, my youngest half-sister, but I have her phone number in my phone, so I don't know why. It'd be a different number, but whatever. Didn't, didn't leave a voicemail, so. <sighs> I don't know, man. It's, you know what, like. Tangled webs we weave. I thought. Let me see. Let me see how, how I can put this. I thought I was angry for a long time because I thought I didn't have the perfect family. And then I got older, and you realize no one has a perfect family. There's no such thing. Yeah, there's no such thing as a perfect family, and everybody's families are kind of fractured, or they're they're made up of different people in different parts, and. That's their family. The best families do the best with what they uh, got. And it, it was just more like, I was, I was kind of like um, not appreciating what I had. I was more dwelling on what I didn't have, which is kind of, as I got older, just felt disrespectful to everybody that did care about me. Like I was being, a, like I, I wasn't appreciating them. And then now that I know where he's at, I don't know if I want to have that. Like I'm good with what I had. I appreciate what I have. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be mean. I mean, I, I'm gonna be guarded, of course. I guess if I ever get have a chance to meet that dude, or if he comes down here. But yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna be. Hey, cool. Nice to meet you, man. But 
Uh, I am going to be guarded. I can say that. Well, Melba just found out her dad died. Like recently? Yeah. Oh, wow. And she found out on Facebook. Oh, wow. Has she had any... Because he has five other or four other kids. Oh. And, you know, we always talk... We used to talk about it. Like, you know, she's like... "Eh." She was like, I don't have any bad will towards him. I don't hate him. Right. She was I don't have anything. I don't have any feelings for him because he was never in my life. That's not true. Well, I mean... I'll, I'll say that's not true. She's like, but 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 I can understand there is part of it. Part of it is true because he's like, he was never in my life. I don't know what I was missing. Right. There's always, I talked to my mom the other day about mm-hmm. this, and I was like, you know what? I, I've said before, like, I didn't need him. I didn't, I didn't need him. I'm cool with what I had. And I just said it right now. I appreciate what I had. But there's always that seed of what if. Or wonderment about what, how how would it have been? It's a weird kind of need because you didn't need him because right. you had your mother. Your mother was better than two parents, three parents. But you're right. There is that's there you know is what? there is an instinctive part of your life that needs that. There's there's you can get older, and you can you can convince yourself. That you're fine. You're fine. You didn't need him. But it's still there. It taints, I'll say it like this. It taints little things. And sometimes like when I like when somebody maybe tells me about their dad or talks about their dad or I meet their dad or whatever. And the little seed that's in my head kind of grows a little bit. And I'm like, oh, fuck, I got to deal with this again. I thought I already dealt with this, but I'll say it like this. You can be born without a, without a limb, mm-hmm. and you can live a productive life right. without a limb. And, and, and you can be a perfect person. You can be a good person. You can, be, you can live a, a, a fruitful life without an arm or a leg, but you're th- always going to be wondering. You're always going to be wondering. Right. That's, I mean, that's, that's what it is. It, it, it took me to get this old too, to kind of come to that conclusion that, you know what, I can say it, that I didn't need him, but what if I did, or what if there's I did also, There's it? also, there's always going to be a dimension uh, to your life that could have been like, what would it have been like? Yeah, I mean, and I think that's, I, I, I think that's why I don't like the idea of nostalgia just dwelling, just dwelling and dwelling and dwelling on something that that's a good. You're let, never going to be able to. Let's keep talking because that's a good. That's a good thing. I want. I kind of. I forgot. I wanted to talk I, to you about like. Like I don't like the idea of like this. This like I. I used to tell people bars when bars would start to die in San Antonio or they were not getting enough people. What is one thing they would do to save themselves? Have an '80s night. Have a new wave night. Have a just 80s metal night. And that would save the bar. San Antonio loves that shit. They eat that shit up. And that's the one thing about nostalgia. It's not, you're not, you're not remembering how it was. You're remembering how you thought it was. That and you just, you just don't, I just feel like some people just don't want to face facts of like, things change. It's cool to remember. But do you want to live in there forever? Yeah. I don't want to live in there forever. Mm. I want to see new things. I, I like the old music, 
but I want to hear new music sometimes. I just heard this new guy called Kong Josie. It's the greatest shit I've heard in a while. But I'm like, I wouldn't have heard him if I was just like, no, I only want to listen to Joy Division and a certain ratio <laughs> the 23 Skidoo. He reminds me of uh, David Lynn's soundtrack. What? Joe, Kong Josie. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you want to talk about, like, he reminds me of some David Lynch, some Soft Cell, some Alan Vega from Suicide, and some Cabaret Voltaire. It's just like a little sleazy, throbbing synthesizers. Um, But yeah, I like that whole album. That album was great, which is on my Instagram, people follow me. Um, Because nothing, like, when it comes to nostalgia, it's like... Nothing is ever as good as you remember. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like we always talk about all the time. Like all these kids are like, "Oh, eighties this, eighties that," and you see pictures online about eighties this, eighties that. It's like that's not how it really was. Yeah, everything. Like any any movie now that comes out, it's like it's set in the eighties. Like Stranger Things, it's very stylized. But I'm like, I think I. That's not the way I remember the eighties. I think Stranger Things, out of a lot of stuff, got it right because it wasn't too flashy. You I know, still think it was stylized. Right. Even though it was stylized, I think they got it right out of a lot of things. Because a lot of things, it's like they just throw it in your face. Oh, remember the Rubik's Cube? Oh, remember right. the Gremlins? I mean, it's I've like, used, no. I've said it before. Like Some of these movies now make it, when they're set in the When 80s. I saw the mall in the, in the, what was it, the third season of Stranger Things, I'm like, that's how malls used to be. Like the Goldbergs does it too for me where they're like, I'm going to go down to the mall on my pogo ball. But that's the problem with, that's the problem with <laughs> American. when I get there, I'm going to put on my Walkman and play video games on play, or play with my Rubik's Cube. And if I have a chance, I'm either going to go see Gremlins, right. Back to the Future, or Tron. And I'm like, All no, those shirts bro. that kid has on, nobody had those shirts in yeah, the 80s. Yes, dude. I was like, those shirts didn't exist Nobody had a Voltron shirt in the 80s. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry, buddy. Unless you lived in a humongous city like yeah. Los Angeles or New York. Yeah, I was like, there was there was one movie. Maybe cool. Chicago or Houston. There was Houston. one cool movie every couple of months. But then the other movies were shitty. Right. You're, or there was one good song you liked, but all the rest were shitty. It was right. like, I had to sat, I had to sit through Rockwell and Lionel Richie music and The Jets and El DeBarge before I could get to right. another good Michael Jackson song. Unless you know the feeling of spending all your money on one tape or, <sighs> or one cassette. Right. Or one CD, and you're like one good song for one good song, and you're like, oh, and then you forced yourself to listen to the whole album. I like the rest of it, right? And you were like, yeah, track nine, (laughs) yeah, track nine is where it's at. And everybody was like, no one, no one listened to track nine, Drew. And I'm like, shut your face. There's people used to buy nothing but tapes. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, that's who owned all their albums. I think it's just nostalgia with everything. Like, I, I mean, I would look at the movie Stand by Me, or like the Sandlot. Wait, Stand by Me. Is that Stephen King movie? Mm-hmm. Okay, that movie in the Sandlot. I was like, man, they make the '60s and '70s look cool, but I was like, I bet it wasn't like that no. at all. I bet it, it was not like that at all. Uh, just the way everything that I see about the '80s and '90s now, I'm like, no, it wasn't like that. Uh, so, did you see that um, that one movie that was set in the '90s with Jonah Hill directed? Oh yeah, that mid '90s you know was that good? That movie. Was pretty damn kind close. of hit on it, mm-hmm. you know what? Like I've, I told uh, I was talking to somebody else. I don't remember who it was. I told them the movie Kids 
that movie the 90s that was 90s and that movie the whackness oh god i forgot about that that captures my friends and me those people capture my friends and me what they were doing the way they were doing it how they were hanging out even the music too that was you could show kids right now and you like nobody would know that it it wasn't Except for them not having cell phones. That's it. And you know what? Like, I know a lot of people don't like the movie Kids just because of what happens in the movie and shit. That was going on around me. That was me. real. The the movie The 90s, that was going on around me. Little there, there was us hanging out, and we, didn't, we weren't able to drink, but we were drinking. And some of our younger siblings were with us, drinking with us, yeah. doing fucked up shit. The whackness, same thing. There's people talking about sex when I was in the fifth grade. Yeah, I mean that's those three movies. When I, when I thought about it, I was like, those three movies perfectly capture my friends and what we were doing in the '90s. And that's very hard to do. And it it just seemed it wasn't clueless. The movie clueless. It wasn't clueless. It wasn't nine hundred two one zero. It was us not knowing any better and it was kind of ugly to look back at it and to think back about it it was kind of ugly it was kind of i forgot about that movie the wackness uh, just just like yeah that that was my me and my friends in the 90s does that make sense yeah um yeah, that's a perfect that's a perfect portrait. I mean, I think Raisin Arizona is a perfect move for the eighties because that's what the eighties were like. I, even like, um, I mean, those that don't know about me, I got busted for drugs in high school. My friends got busted for drugs, and I kind of got taken down with them. Your cat is on the screen door. Ben Kingsley is in the Wagness at the very top. <laughs> Sorry, I just saw your cat behind your head. He's at the very top of that screen. Um. Oh yeah, Ben Kingsley's in the Wackness. You know what? That's another. That's another thing that kind of, kind of uh, represented me, was that we hung out with some adults back then. That were giving us alcohol and giving us drugs. Our um, house or at fucking homes. Where we would go out. Like. Um, we had, I remember we had friends that dated dudes like in their, dudes or girls in their, that were 21, 22, 23, and we were in high school, and they would hook us up with drugs or hook us up with alcohol. But they were chill to hang out with a bunch of little kids. Or, <laughs> yeah, we were dumb little kids. That's one thing I don't think people realize too, like when you first start working, you're working with like fucking, you can work with all kinds of adults. Right. When you're 16 years old, right? I'm yeah. I mean, I I worked with. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I wouldn't. I would say I really didn't re- really learn too much about the world until I started working, because then I was meeting people from all walks of life, from all different age groups. The first job I ever had was along John Silver's, and the one first thing, the one guy there, he was like that sign, kind of like the team lead there. He must have been like maybe like five years older than me. As a matter of fact, you look he reminds me you look just like him. But he's like, dude, I'm gonna tell you right now. He goes, You can fucking you can fucking fry shit, people will eat it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. He used to listen to Red Cross 
and oh, Rage Against the Machine. No, I just remember like when I started working at my first job was IMAX Theater at River Center. Before there was before movies were shown in IMAX, the specialized IMAX movies had to be shown first. They show the Alamo, right? Yeah, um, I remember I started working there, and they were like. Oh, like that's John. Like him, he's fucking Mindy, and I was like, "Who's Mindy?" And she's like, "She's the one that's in charge of everything." <laughs> and I was like, "What?" <laughs> and they were like, "Yeah, John's a projectionist. He's a head projectionist because he fucks Mindy." <laughs> and then like other people started coming in, and they're like, "Like also, uh, Mindy had to give up her child when she was 16." <laughs> no, it got to the point where it was like, "Hey, uh, Sandra, over there in the gift shop," and I was like, "Yeah." And they're like, "She likes you," and I was like, "What?" <laughs> I was like, she just said that to you? And he's like, yeah, she likes toes. <laughs> that was She's all, never what? seen my toes. And they were like, she just really wants to see your toes. And I was like, where the fuck am I working? <laughs> yeah, dude, I, yeah. When I started working jobs, it was like, shit got weird. Yeah, like when I worked there, how old was I? Like I, told, I don't know if I told you. Huh. When I worked at Blockbuster Music in Lincoln Heights, which yeah. is behind where Water Street Oyster Bar used yeah, to be. Really. There was this white lady that would come in there. She was older. Uh, she's probably gone by now, but... Is that Water Street even still there? Nah. She would come in, and... Um, she would come in, and I would know. I would see her a couple times, and she would just be like, uh, tell me, tell me what's the hottest music right now. <laughs> and I'd be like, YouTube pop, whatever. Uh, whatever, it just came out, and she was like, oh, ring it up for me. And then she would just one day she was like, "What's your name?" And I was like, "Drew," and she's like, "Drew, darling, I'm gonna I'm gonna see you all the time now." And when she'd come in, she would fucking go like, "Where's is Drew, darling, working?" <laughs> and it got to the point where I was working in the warehouse, and my my coworkers would just call me on this on the Drew intercom, darling. and they're like, uh, "Drew, darling, <laughs> there's a lady here to mm-hmm. see you." And I'd be like, oh, "Okay." And you I'd know, was here. I'd go out there and she's like, Drew, darling, tell me, tell me what's popular. And I'd be like, or this, this, whatever. Ring it up, ring it up. <laughs> well, one it's time. a band called Third Eye Blind. She was like, um, Drew, Drew, darling, I'm having a party. You need to come to my party. You told me about this. Yeah. Who went with you? Fernie. <laughs> and we were in fucking, we were in fucking like Skechers boots and like just, je- you know, uh, straight fit baggy jeans and like a polo shirt. And we go, and it's like black tie affair, like with uh, hors d'oeuvres and like waiters and waitresses walking around with shit. And it was across from, now it's H-E-B, it used to be Albertsons in Lincoln Heights. Across from it, there's a, um, like a subdivision. It looks very ritzy. It was right in there. Where? So across from, now it's H-E-B, but it used to be Albertsons on Lincoln Heights shopping center. Yeah. Oh, across, across that, the street, that neighborhood. Across, across Bassey. Yeah. There's a, like a gated yeah. or it's not even gated it's just walled in right she lived in there and we went valet parked my fucking 1984 <laughs> <laughs> and uh Ferdy, we walked in and we, you and had I, to tell him yeah that second is third and fourth is fifth <laughs> <laughs> we walked in and Ferdy and i were both like what the fuck where are we dude and he was like what'd you fucking get me into and i was like I don't know, man. We were going to turn around and walk out, and then I heard, Drew, darling. And I turn around, this lady comes in with a, like a, like a, a jeweled black dress, <laughs> long, flowing, everything. Everybody's staring at us. Everybody's like older, black tie, dressed up like fucking to the nines. I don't know if I've ever said that ever in my life, but to the nines. 
she's like, Drew, darling. She grabs a waiter, a waitress, gives us like champagne, hors d'oeuvres. And she's like drawing it so much attention to us because she's just loud. And she's like, welcome to my party. Like, come out to the backyard. And we go to the back and it's like this giant ass uh, balcony that overlooks this huge ass yard. There's people down there. There's like cement statu- or statues of <laughs> armless people that are <laughs> topless and shit. People are just eating like hors d'oeuvres and drinking champagne. And she takes us out there and there's this old white dude in like a, a, a black tie suit. And he's just like puffing on a, on a pipe. And uh, she's like, Drew, darling, like whatever you want, it's yours. <laughs> and she's like, you and your friend. And then I see this man like off to my left, and she goes, "Oh, that's Henry. That's my husband. Like, ignore him. <laughs> ignore him." <laughs> I heard Fernie and I He's an like, immense bull. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> it's very weird. And then I, I, I ended up moving to another store. He's still stuck on Cat Stevens. <laughs> <laughs> well, then uh, I start. I stopped working at Blockbuster Music, and I worked at Borders. And one time they needed uh, help on the register because there was a long line. And I was back up, you know, like back up to the register. So I go down to the register and I just log in. And I'm like, next customer. And all I heard was, Drew Dolly. <laughs> and I, was, I looked up slowly and I was like, oh, oh shit. Damn. And she's like, where have you been? <laughs> like, are you not working? And I was like, the store closed. I don't work there anymore. And I was like, I'm here now. And she's like, I found you now. Like, she was just so excited to see me. And then I totally lost touch with her. I'm, I cannot remember her name. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more about this Chumba Wumba. <laughs> Regale me with your Chumba Wumba stories. Yeah, dude, she was she was insane. Like Fernie remembers that. He's always like, remember we went to that fucking crazy bitch's house. <laughs> Tell me these Pokemon. <laughs> is there any any validity to it? <laughs> is Christina a genie in a bottle? <laughs> Tell me the truth. <laughs> yeah, dude, she was just. She was wild, man. <laughs> I forgot about that. Uh, good times. There used to be little kids there, and you could tell that they were rich. Where? Like super rich. And like when they would come into borders. Oh, yeah, dude. And there used to be, always used to be this one little girl. She's like, Yeah, my parents are never home. I'm like, Yeah, no. I you'd don't see, need to be like arrested. on Fridays, you'd see all that family come in, and like the mom would just go to like self help or cooking. The dad would go to the gay section, and he didn't think we didn't know we didn't know it was the gay section. And would be like, "Sir, I only work." There here. used to be there always used to be like an old gay man and his little Hispanic boyfriend, and they would have like fucking like nine hundred dollars worth of porno gay mags. porno mags. No, you remember, it wasn't gay. It was the social sciences section that had like nudie books and lesbian studies. But do you remember like? We had cameras at the one of the stations we were working at, and you could see like, okay, there's a dude over there in social sciences. <laughs> he's been there for a while, and then we'd have to go put books back, and I'd go over there, and as soon as I got close, he'd walk away like, "Well, I'm not here. I, was like, I only work here, sir. <laughs> I know what section you were in from the other side of the store." <laughs> but then, oh, but then you'd have that, and then you'd have the kids just like filling up a basket of books, and their mom's just like, "Sure, whatever, bring it up." <laughs> Uh, that was some good times there. Uh, cheers. You remember Jen? You didn't start there when it first opened, right? 
No, no, no. Jen told me like she worked there. She got a job there before it even started. Jen, oh, Jen, Jen R. And before it even opened, oh, sorry. the sign fell off. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. <laughs> I heard about that. It almost killed nine people. I remember. Um, did you ever meet Miriam? Miriam sounds familiar. <laughs> Miriam was very short. And I don't know if I should say it. I'll fuck it. I'll say it. I don't care. Whatever her boyfriend was doing, that's uh-huh. what Miriam was into. So she was dating this guy one time who was a skater. And she wasn't a skater. But when she started dating him, she was like, I ended up working with her in the music department. She was like, oh my God, like Justin and I were skating last night. And then we went skating and then we skated. And then we took the, con- we grinded the concave. It was so amazing. And then we skated. We skate. <laughs> and we, had, I was like, we had such a great session the other night. I was all, oh my fucking God, dude. And then she was just like, and Justin's really into like Star Wars. And do you know like Tuscan Raiders and blah, blah, blah. And like this and this about Tuscan Raiders. And I was like, I don't care, Miriam. <laughs> and yeah. And then one day, one day she started dating a punk rocker. And then I was like, she didn't show up to work one day and somebody's like, Miriam didn't show up. And it's like, yeah, she called in punk <laughs> because Justin's punk now. So they're punk together. And they're punk. <laughs> she doesn't need the man's money. She, well, one day her punk rocker friend, her punk rocker boyfriend, Justin got arrested. <laughs> we had already closed and, um, the phone rang and I answered it and they were like, hi, is Miriam Gutierrez there? And I was like, yeah, can you want me to, can I tell her who's calling? And then, like, it's the New Braunfels Police Department. And I was like, okay. So I, ta- I paged her, and she comes up, and I was like, the New Braunfels Police Department's on line two for you? And she's like, it's Justin and his friends. are like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, they sound like the police department. So she takes the phone call, and I don't see her for a while. I'm trying to close. And then she comes running up, and she's just, like, in tears, bawling her eyes out. And she's just like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Justin just got arrested. <laughs> And I'm like, okay. And she's like, they need $2,000 for about, do you have $2,000? And I was like, no, not for you, I girl. I think five ninety five an hour. <laughs> <laughs> she's just like flipping out on me. And I was like, uh, Miriam, like go home. Like just chill and go home. Let him sleep it off in the jail. And I was like, they're going to let him go in the morning. Like I guarantee you they're going to let him go in the morning. She's like, no, I need to bail him out now. Justin, that fucking asshole. And I was like, oh, my God, girl, shut up. I'm going to have to cash all the bombs my grandma got me in 1979. <laughs> I'm going to have to sell all our punk records. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. What do you think I can get for this rancid record? <laughs> this is the German pressing of... <laughs> Operation Ivy, does that mean anything to you, Drew? <laughs> My feelings right now would best be interpreted by <laughs> the song. <laughs> yeah, dude, like she was, and then now. I'm so mad. This is what he gets for calling me two-tone. <laughs> <laughs> Bathroom break. And we're back. Miriam is cute. <laughs> um, let's talk about Hogwild. Talk about what? Hogwild. Yes, a staple. I've been going there for a very long time. Let's see. I want to say I started going there in ninety. And Ruben and Frank used to give me shit. My first record store was Flipside, 
Southside. Cause I, I never went to Flipside. Well, it wasn't really much of a regular. But I mean, I lived downtown, so it was really. Now talk about he- talk about heavy metal. Talk about oh. heavy metal. Hogwild for I mean Flipside for a long time was like super heavy metal, but it was really just a fucking head shop, really. Even when I was a kid, I was like, "What are these pipes doing in this record store?" And the seat, and when CDs came out, the CDs were like fucking nine thousand dollars there. I'm like, "Why am I?" I'm like, "You remember the Jesus. long, the long boxes?" Oh yeah. I'm like, nobody. I'm like, who comes in here? I used to buy tapes here. And that's where I used to take my grandpa and buy my circle jerk tapes. He's like, are you sure your mom made you buy listen that you listen to this? I'm like, yeah, it's fine, it's fine. Mm. I do remember I used to buy Coil, the band. I used to buy their English imports at Hogwild the day they would come out. I don't remember. I, I had to have started going to Hogwild when I started going to SAC. So this must have been like 96. Really? Yeah, because I don't even remember how I even found out about it. I think from going to SAC right out, right out of high school, that's when I figured it out. I was like, oh, what well, is this place? I want to say my brother took me there when he still lived in town. Um, but I didn't start going there on my own till about 90, 91. And um, I was mainly going for, like, European imports. Like, they had them. They had European imports, like, you could buy. Or CD singles, European CD singles. Um, well, before that, I used to go to that place in North Star. Right, right. I would go there, too. Music Express. Uh, you know what? I, was going, I wasn't really going to Hogwild because Apple Records had shit cheaper because it was used. Yeah. And um, they had more of a selection of what I was looking for. Um, and um, I, yeah, I was only really going for Hogwild when like uh, a new um, artist or a newer artist had like a CD European single or something, and I'd find it there. Um, I do remember Frank ended up like liking me after a while, like just not liking me, but just like he noticed you were in there all the time. Yeah, he would just talk to me and just shoot the shit with me. Um, Jaime, rest in peace, Jaime, my Meadowboro. Um, I don't know when he started, when Jaime started working there, because he'd been working there forever from what I heard, but I don't remember him. All I remember was Frank and Ruben. Who's the guy that does the videos now? Steve. Stevie. Stevie's been there forever. Uh, and I've, I mean, I've met a lot of people there, like um, Clausen. I don't know if you know who Clausen is. No. He's now in Brooklyn. Uh, Mikey, the Filipino fist. Um, Lisa Gonzalez. Uh, she's my friend. I've known her forever. Naked Rob that used to work with us at Borders, he worked mm-hmm. at Hogwild. Now he's in LA or San Francisco or something. San Jose. Um, Adrian that's there now. Um, our friend. Who's the friend that's there that still works at the, the ball headed guy with the beard? Yeah. Um, our friend Gabe. <laughs> Gabe was a. When we went to Holmes, when we go to house parties, he was my friend Vicky. He was her friend. He was older than us, but he was always at house parties. And if I, I don't want to be mean, but they used to call him techno fag because he just played a bunch of techno and dance and house music. Um, but then he ended up working at Hogwild for a while. But, but those are the people you need. Those are the people who educate you about stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, 
we used to go there and Gabe would be like, how do you know about this? <laughs> I was like, I read about it in a magazine. He was like, no one knows about this but you. That's what I miss, magazines. Good, like good right. fucking music magazines. Which there's hardly any at all anymore. Um, I mean, I miss Spin magazine. I miss Spin. Because it was the alternative to fucking Rolling Stone. I remember um, in the back of magazines they used to have like a mail order shit. Um, or record labels would have their shit back there. I guess I guess you could send them uh, cassettes. I'm good. So you could send them uh, cassettes or demos or shit. Or you, well, could just I sent or, you, or you could just send, like there also used to be places where you're like, hey, I, I'm into this, this, and this. And you'd swap. People would make you tapes and swap stuff. Too. I, I remember that, but then there was also labels where they were like, send us a IR, uh, an IIRC or a self, self-addressed stomped envelope. And so I started doing that, and I would get compilations. Just in the mail, all the time. Do you still have those? I have a few of them. That's how I found the Jesus Lizard. Dude, those are probably worth a lot of money to you. And like the Drop 19s and a few other a few other bands. Uh, the Addicts, I found the Addicts from there. <laughs> but I would just get uh, compilations and I'd just be like, oh, what is this? I'm going to listen to it. And I'd like, you know, two or three songs on each one. But that's how I used to find music. Because I was like, no one else I know is listening, playing the Jesus Lizard. No one else is. I'm not hearing it on the radio. I found it through this fucking random CD that was sent to me. Um, but yeah, that's how I, that's how me personally, that's how I used to find shit. Or I would go to shows. Somebody had a t-shirt. And I was like, oh, that t-shirt looks cool. Like cats at the top of your screen again. Um, I would just be like, oh, I don't know. That t-shirt looks cool, but I don't know who that band is. <laughs> and I just remember it. And then I go to the record store and see if I can find it. So I mean, I bought I bought records of bands that were just like shitty. Or maybe I liked one song, but I mean that's how I found out who they were. Um, Jellyfish. <laughs> that's a perfect example of that. I remember my brother hated that band. I was like, "Dude, have you heard this band, Jellyfish?" He's like, "Yeah, fuck that band, dude. shitty ass band." Uh, they were just like hippie looking San Francisco dudes playing like jingle jangle type of REME. REM type rock shit. That was a real weird period in the nineties where everybody wanted to go back to the sixties. But I like I like like one or so. Oh, Red Cross, dude. Red Cross looked like the sixties or the seventies with bell bottom motherfuckers, long hair and shit. Lenny Kravitz. I'm like, what is going on? <sighs> Rested root. <laughs> ah, good time. Even on on MTV, they would be like it would be like it would have like ninety three, and then they would flip it over sixty three. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Stupid, gross. Nobody wants to hear your fucking thirty year old Santana record, dude. Sorry. Ugh. Oh, let's see where we're at. <laughs> yeah, I think we rambled for a while. We're at two hours and t- almost 30 minutes. <laughs> uh, I think that's good. <laughs> I think we can get like three episodes out of this, and I then we'll fucking, then we'll do a real episode where we're more focused. Oh, but what would you say it's shit I'm looking forward to? Uh, we're looking forward, yeah. So The new least, Cure records? Oh, my God, dude. When he said there's two records, I'm like, oh, please, let these come on. Um, um, like, 
That's why I was like, we're, I was at Hogwall the other day. I told you I finally, I fucking finally broke down and bought that Wild Mood Swings, for oh, forty dollars. Yeah. I hope. And that's why I told you that story. Like I was, I was like, oh, because I was like, hey, I need some sleeves. They're like, how many do you need? I'm like, how much are they? They're like, oh, they're fifteen cents. I'm like, I don't know. Give me for like a fucking, sleeve. Yeah, come on. The, I'm like, I don't know. Give me like fucking thirty of them. And they're like, oh, I can go. They're like, or you can get a hundred for twenty seven dollars. I'm like, look. Let's slow down Chill a minute. Chill the fuck out with your math, bro. And the girl, the two girls that were working there, the young girls, well, there's one girl, I don't know what her name is, but she's been there for a while. And another girl, they're like, oh, I can go through those. I can go through 100 sleeves in no time. I'm like, look, I'm fucking look. old. I'm fucking old. I go, look, Liz. I'm like, I'm pretty sure you get a discount on records, Liz. I'm like, listen, Delilah, <laughs> $40 for me is a, I'm old. $40 is a lot of fucking money right. for a record. Right. I go, $20 is a lot of fucking money for a fucking record. So I don't want to hear about that you go through 100 sleeves in right. no time. Like, you're wasting meanwhile, your fucking money. Meanwhile, you've worn through the soul of your converse, man. Yeah. <laughs> meanwhile, you're fucking listening to, you know, Future and who knows what on the other on the Whoa. Clio. Whoa. You're listening to fucking Clio Hot Cheetos on there or Mac DeMarco. <laughs> Yeah, they were. They I'm were like, trying. don't, don't. You're not impressing me I by went, saying you uh, buy hundred records at forty dollars a pop. You're not impressing me. When whatsoever. I went in there the other day, like, uh, I asked Steve. Stevie's been around forever. And I was like, dude, I want some like. Is this new. the guy with the beard? No, it's Adrian. The guy. Bald guy. So there's always the 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 Hispanic guy. Skinny glasses. Yes, that's Stevie. Okay. Who's the one that does the the video? Stevie. Okay. Um, Stevie's very. In Who owns Hagua? Dave. Is he, he's the one that's always in the back. Yeah. Okay. He doesn't talk to nobody. He talks to me, but except to like real people, are like, hey, what's up? Yeah. Um. And I, I was like, hey, man, I want some like, like just some like good post punk like. We need to go stuff. in there together. I don't think we. I don't think I've ever been in there with you. Well, I was like, I just want some like good post punk stuff. And he showed me Kong. He's like, dude, listen okay, to so, this. So okay. So when you put that on there. What? Uh, media level, like, okay, so post-punk. Basically punk, anything. Punk ended fucking 40 years ago. Yeah, anything is post-punk now. Okay. <laughs> anything, rap, anything. But the idea of what what they considered to be post-punk immediately after punk was like experimental, experimental stuff. It was DIY. It was dub funk. Pill. Yeah. Dub funk, experimental noise. Um, all these different styles that were being brought in, but there is gang a of four. there is a style to post what was considered post punk, like Gang of Four, right? Gang of Four, Joy Division, Magazine, Twenty Three Skidoo, a certain ratio, um, ESG, the Slits, that type of stuff. There is there is a style to it, like when you hear it, you know what it is if you know what it is. So he was like, "Dude, there's this guy called Kong." And he's like, I'll play it for you. He played it overhead. Where's he from? Australia. And he's only got like a thousand followers on Instagram. And I was like, wow. You know what? Like I said, when I listened to it, I was like, it sounds like David Lynch soundtrack. There's but, yeah, there were. But like, at the same time, it's, it's it's like a weird. It's almost like a there's, fucking. Uh, there's one song that he played. Well, the first song he played me, I was like, this sounds like John Carpenter music. And he was like, yeah, doesn't it? And then the guy started singing, and I was like. This sounds like suicide, and he goes, "Yeah, he sounds like Alan Vega." And I was like, "All right." What's and the then word a, I'm a for? saxophone came on, but it wasn't like 
like cheesy 50s rock saxophone it was just like arty kind of saxophone there's a word i'm looking for it's not really clash like right. clash electro clash is i guess the one i'm looking at what okay. I'm yeah i can see that <clears throat> um but i was like then he played me some other band called meat babies and I liked one song, but the rest of it, I was like, it's just not doing it for me. And the, those two other young girls, they were young Hispanic girls. Yeah, they're the ones that were. They were the ones that were like, oh, like this, you post punk. Yeah, listen to this. And I was like, that's <laughs> not it. That's not, that's not what I'm thinking post punk is. But Kong was, and I was like, I'll just take this, but like, this is like what I like. And I listened to the rest of the album, and I was like, damn, this is good. And that's what obsessed me. Like, right now, I think people are just buying to buy to collect, they're not mm-hmm. buying to listen. Cause, cause, right. cause, crazy rhythms gets a lot of good stuff, and every time I show up, they're already somebody already went and bought it. I'm like, who's buying these records? Who bought that thirty dollars used Clash records? Yeah, from? who's buying this twenty dollars Style Concert right. Style Council British pre, British pressing UK pressing? Right. Like, who's buying this? I mean, hip like hip hop's even worse, dude. In that regard, really? just the price of records, dude. Like. There, there's one rapper, his name is Makami, and every one, his CDs are like $111, <laughs> his albums are like $333, his cassettes are like $66, and I'm not joking, that those are the prices. And people buy them, right? And people buy them, and they're like very limited edition, and I'm like, I'm not paying $111 for Five years from now, CD. those are going to be worth, they're going to be useless. But every one of his albums is that price. He started doing it, and people were like, that's fucking ridiculous. And now everybody, well, not everybody, but most people are doing more that. and more rappers are doing that. Where they're like, you can get the pink vinyl version, it's $250. And I'm like, for a fucking record, I'm not buying that. Absolutely not. I just listen to it for free. Yeah, I'll just fucking, I'll just stream it. I'll just stream it. That's what I'm going to do. But, I mean, whatever. I don't, I don't know. Look, let me show you. But, yeah, I guess we should kill it. But <clears throat> We love you guys. Love yeah, we went way over it. This is probably going to be like three episodes. But this makes up for the <clears throat> episodes we missed. So, Right, October, November, December, January, February, March, five episodes. We're going to give you three. Cl- we're going to give you three. We just give it to you. Episodes. Look, dude, look how much this record is, the pink <clears throat> one. Whoops. The Odd Wave. It's your old Droog. That's his name. $70? It's a five-song EP. No, fuck that. I'm all, sir. Why does that name sound familiar? Sit down. It's a droog. That's a fucking... Uh, that's a fucking... Um, it's a uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy reference. It is? Your old droog? Droog. Droog's from Central... From Central... From Clockwork Orange. That's what he calls his dudes. But it's also... They are, it's an also a... Uh, Clockwork Orange is first. It's also Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. All right, guys. I'm going to break this up into three episodes. It's coming soon. Um, We're back. We're better than ever. I got a new computer, so let me see. Once I figure out how to work it, it's going to be even better. KMFDM is a drug again. We're back. It's 2022. The... I mean, the way it started, it's got to be way better. Um, it'll be better. I'm going to will it. I mean, I know we're in war, and you're like, Drew, are you not paying attention to the news? And I'm not. Eat a dick.
probably will like Walter Sobchak. If you will it, it will become. I speak it into truth. <laughs> I speak it into truth. <laughs> uh, next time we'll be more focused. Yeah. And we'll talk about things that are coming out, some good things that are coming out. Uh, there's some good shows in HBO. There's a 11 part series about the owner of the LA Lakers. Ooh. Uh, the <laughs> uh, there's, I mean, Sorry, there's some, there's, we were there's, memes. We need to have a whole episode about Euphoria. <laughs> Dude. Did you watch it? Why was his dick out? Did you watch it? <laughs> I saw one episode. Okay, I need to watch the whole thing just because everybody's talking about it. I saw one about. episode. And we'll, I was like, we'll have a whole episode about Euphoria. Um, and then there's a, there's that. There's the new uh, Taika Waititi uh, where there's, there's pirates. It's called, oh, it's called This Flag Means Death. That's Ooh. coming out. Ooh. That's the first episode's out. Um, Righteous Gemstones. I think it's the, it's, it's the stupidest and smartest show out there right now. Uh, movies, The Batman. We'll talk about a lot of stuff. The Batman. Um, what, what, day, what, day, what month are we in? March? Yeah, like, there's got to be better stuff coming out. Books. For real. Movies. And then maybe I'll see, maybe I've seen Spider-Man by then. Who knows? Hopefully. It's not on Blu-ray. Just, I'll just buy it for you. <laughs> oh, no. It's going to be on streaming soon. <laughs> yeah, fucking like French Dispatch is already on HBO. What is French Drive Dispatch? My Car. Is on, that's the new Wes Anderson movie. Uh, Drive My Car, which is really good. It's a Haruki Murakami short story they turned into a movie. It's supposed to be... It's a, it's a it's an Oscar contender for the best foreign foreign movie. Ooh. Then it's good. It's good. We'll have an episode. We'll, of, good. we'll also have an episode of our Oscars still relevant. Nah, it's all about pageantry. And maybe an episode of Regina King, just because uh, Regina King. Maybe we'll watch the new Watchmen all over again and just have a Regina and you know King. What? If she's listening, because I know we have a lot of listeners. If she's listening, <laughs> I'm sorry, baby girl. I know your son committed suicide. I love you. That's fucked up. I love her. That's fucked up, dude. I will comfort her. I said I'm sorry. I didn't. No, I'm just saying like it's fucked up at her son committing suicide. Oh, I wasn't like congratulating. I can't even, I can't even imagine. But yeah, I want to go comfort her. Comfort this, baby. <sighs> but all right, guys, y'all be safe. All go right. get COVID. Talk to y'all later. Love you.